0: Hi, my name is Abby Weinsma, and I am the host of The Basement, and I'm here over Zoom with Lily Tomers, so thank you again for doing this. We've been trying for a minute to get this to happen, but I'm really glad that we were able to do this. Oh, yeah. We, we overcame the odds. We overcame. It was meant to be. Yes, absolutely. So if you don't mind telling listeners a little bit about yourself, like where are you from in Michigan?
1: Hmm.
2: I'm from um, Birmingham Michigan okay
0: it's a suburb of Detroit okay I'm glad that you included that because I was like I don't I have no clue you can be from anywhere you could be from anywhere yeah most people I meet and talk to are from somewhere in Detroit and I should be more acquainted but I I'm not there's so many subdivisions and everything I I can't keep up. yeah it's yeah. okay okay it's really okay Okay. But yeah.
2: Birmingham. And then um, for the last five years, I've been in Ann Arbor. So that's okay. kind of more my adult home. And then now I've just moved to
0: Brooklyn as of this week. Right. And that's so cool. I'm so jealous. As I was telling you before, it's a really cool opportunity to have. Um, and so if you don't mind also starting to tell us, where did your musical journey begin? Mm.
2: It It started kind of when I was like five years old, uh, I had this old Russian classical piano teacher mm. who would teach me to memorize like big, actually we did scales for like three years, just scales, like no fun books, whatever. And then we kind of just started, he had me memorize like monster pieces okay. um, and, and did not teach me any of the theory. It, it, I had a weird piano education. And then I played cello through the public school, like middle and high school. Yeah. Um, and I didn't start getting into really like I wasn't into popular music even, mm-hmm. um, let alone guitar and, and singing and writing until like 16, 17 so like mid high school. And I kind of it took me many years to kind of come out of the closet as a songwriter and,
0: and a singer. Right. And that's a really interesting background to have so you're like classically trained in piano and the mm-hmm. cello. Oh that's that's really cool. That I took piano lessons but I um unfortunately was always irritating my piano teacher cuz I was like I don't want to learn this like she should have me have the blue books or whatever. They do you know what I'm talking about those like <laughs> theory and all that? I do. Um, and I was very like, I just don't want to do this. I, my mom made me stick with it, which I'm thankful for now. But as a kid, I was frustrated with like learning hot cross buns. So the fact you persisted through scales and then the big pieces.
2: Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like I remember being sad that I didn't have, like, I, I noticed when I was little, like, oh, people go to competitions and they read these little books and they like play these They play pop music on piano. Like, why am I sitting here doing weird exercises and scales, and then playing like these big? I would like my first piece. I don't know. I I would play like Beethoven and Chopin, oh, kind of off the bat. But it was nice because it it really made me feel like I was a musician, you know. And it wasn't like you're you're training to be a musician. It was like I trust you with this thing. And so I was like, even as a little kid, like, I guess this is me. Yeah, definitely.
0: And it gives you a really good background. I mean, I think that's a phenomenal foundation to start on, to start writing songs as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of touched on it, but when did you start writing songs? You said 16, 17?
2: Yeah, I think um, I was always into poetry as a kid, and I would write a lot of funny little poems. Yeah. Yeah. but I started putting them to music this one summer. um, I spent as a a live-in nanny in -hmm. Northern Italy through like a family friend. Um, And no one spoke English and I didn't speak Italian and I had no friends and was just really lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd never experienced like I come from a big family, a lot of neighbors. I'd never experienced loneliness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had a lot of time in my head, And, uh, as a result, I just kind of started a lot of tunes in my head or things just kind of came to me and it was like, I could have my own like internal discourse and no one else needed to be a part of it. And it was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not that lonely anymore. I'm having fun with myself.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you started writing, did it sound similar to what you've created recently or was it kind of different? Um, has it stayed the same?
2: Mm-hmm. I think there are some like lyrical some some vantage point things of lyrics that have kind of stayed consistent. Um like I I feel like I write not always in a way that I would speak, which has stayed consistent. Um but when I was first writing I wasn't thinking at all about harmony, like I really didn't know how to accompany myself yet. Mm-hmm. Um so I think my songs are a lot richer now and I, uh, also just like the breath of music that I've listened to since then nice. has influenced um, and has influenced me a lot. But I think like the influence of classical music has kind of stayed consistent um, yeah. and maybe like fervent idealism and disappointment as like themes in my <laughs> world has, has stayed the same across all my writing.
1: Someday, when it's over, I'll stretch trash- my.
0: artists specifically that you're inspired or you take influence from
2: mm-hmm. at the moment um there's a a spanish singer and songwriter and, and musician um named sylvia perez cruz
1: mm-hmm. who
2: is like he, just enormous in my mind um yeah. that's like she is who i would want to be i think at the moment if i had to name one but um right I'm also a big fan of Madison Cunningham. I think I look to her Mm -hmm. on a lot of levels. Uh, Her musician is insane.
0: Yeah. And if you were going to describe your music to somebody that hasn't heard it before, how would you describe it? You know,
2: it's hard because I'm a big proponent of like, I'm not anti-genre. Right. But I'm like when I, especially with my band, like the people that I work with, the we try to maintain the attitude of like respect this as music. Like we will respect the song in whatever way. We're not going for a vibe. We're not trying to sound like big thief or whatever. Like yeah. those I feel like that, that sort of attitude diminishes the project. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would say, um I'm influenced by the music of Lament, like mm-hmm. like the American folk tradition, blues and and traditional folk tunes. Yeah. Um it's and and like a lot of greek folk music or portuguese folk music it's all like kind of this outcry yeah. um so i think it i would i would say it's like music that pays attention to the details of melancholy i hope that it draws from a lot of traditions of of folk music right but i think more shallowly like for the last record i could say like it's like you know indie yeah. Yeah. Indie, whatever, in, in like metallic, twinged indie singer, songwriter, vague 60s folk revival. But the next record, I think, is I couldn't say all those things.
0: Right. Well, that's kind of the cool thing, though, especially like you said, not specifically being anti genre, but leaving yourself open to whatever happens. Cause I feel like that's just life. You grow and you change. And if you're an artist, That's, you know, it reflects your inner world. Of course, that's going to grow and change too. And I don't know, maybe it's just my opinion, but I think sometimes people can get caught up in, oh, well, we're supposed to sound like this. We typically sound like this. Um, But it's good to leave yourself open. And you mentioning it, like listening to the songs that I listen to, completely understand what you mean when you say, like, the Lamentation, the, you know, early 60s folk revival completely hear that so I don't know it's just cool to hear you say that because when I listen to your songs for the first time i was like oh my god (laughs) this is so good you know and I was very fortunate to have uh the basement like I do and immediately I was like we need to put this on air right now like (laughs) yeah well while we're talking about like your songs and stuff Mm -hmm. what does the songwriting process look like for you
2: It's definitely become more streamlined Mm -hmm. um, or like consistent. I know everyone says it happens differently every time, which is true. But for me, it's mostly um, words become more sonic. Mm -hmm. Like there's a I can kind of notice when in my brain words are are melodic or sonic. And I know that that's kind of my cosmic push (laughs) to like pay attention to what's going on. Um, And I really write driven by melody. Um, so I can sometimes write a whole song um, just with my voice and maybe be thinking about some, like, percussive things um, and, like, record that as it is and then go back either after or, like, wait a day or something. And then I'll work out um, how I'm thinking the harmony will sound Usually, almost always on guitar, sometimes on piano or banjo
1: or something. But
0: Right. Yeah. This is a, I don't know that you'll actually have an answer to this. I just threw it in because my, when I listen to your music, the first thing I think of is where did you get that chord progression from? Cause it's so cool oh. the way that your voice and like you're saying now that you're explaining with the guitar and everything, it makes more sense. But for me, like my two favorites off of your last album that I play often are mortal pin and I mean it. And those oh, two, hmm.
2: Yeah, the I oh, nice. I feel like no one I'm I'm heartened by the fact that you like those songs because I, I feel like those are two that I don't like people don't listen
0: to as often as some others. So, why well, I, I force them to if they listen in <laughs> because I actually even my friends and like you guys listen to this because when those the, I can't even really describe it, but when I heard those songs, it was one of those feelings where like in my it felt right in my brain. Like it like just sat perfectly. And so I guess, like I was asking, how did you come up with that? Was it, did it, it's just what comes out of you naturally or. Mm
2: -hmm. It's funny. I would not have been able to answer this question a year ago, Mm -hmm. but I think um, working with other musicians, uh, it's so enlightening about one's own like musical mind and how it, how it functions and I think um, part of it is just random. Like I, I have a, a physical relationship with the guitar and I'm always trying things. Um, and if it's somewhat intuitive to me physically, then it's a possibility. Um, but it's, I think often it's like just, I have a notion of harmony in my head that is very distinct. And if I if I take the time to really translate that and respect it, for what it is, rather than just like um, reverting to a shape
0: mm-hmm.
2: or something that I know or something that um, that is known to sound good, uh, yeah. then then it it usually turns out pretty nice. And and the cool thing is that um, you know I have classical training, kind of, but almost no theoretical training, um, and and didn't go to music school. So like the phenomena that people describe. In music, like um, even just like one, four, five, that was not on my, I used it, I, I I abide by a lot of theoretical structures that exist, but I don't know when something is like basic or when something's really hip. I just kind of know what I want.
0: Exactly. What sounds good to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But mostly it's random. Mostly it's just screwing around.
0: Right. Which, I mean, that's that's awesome. Whatever answer you had, I was ready for it because like that's, you know, sometimes people have a plan before they write a song, but most times it's just what comes out of you. But that's also what I like and I feel like is translated through your music um, Mm -hmm. is that it feels like it's what's naturally from you instead of oh this was, you know, rigid or not even in a bad way. But does that make sense?
2: Yeah, well the hope is to 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 try to be myself as, as well as I can.
0: Totally. Um
2: yeah, it's it's always a, a high honor if if it can be like distinctive in it or like you can tell that it's me. That's kind of the highest compliment is
0: if it's like this That's is totally you, you know? Yeah, completely. So can we talk about your most recent release? It was Remember Me as Holy. Mm-hmm. So that came out in February 2021. Mm-hmm. And I really like the cover art that you have. but Could you explain to listeners that maybe haven't seen it what it is?
2: Yeah. So it's a picture of um, the first time I went to the ocean. (laughs) The first time my parents brought me to the ocean. My mom took a picture of me just like I I decided I wanted to like lift up my I'm like three years old in the photo and I'm lifting up my dress and flashing (laughs) the ocean just for no reason. So like my full is exposed um and there's like a little there's a snorkeler going by um and I just love it as like an allegory for what uh, you do as a songwriter which is just like hello here's like and I'm also at the stage in my career where I pay to make this art you know like I'm not I'm certainly not getting paid I'm in the red um Like, I'm paying money to just, like, expose my innermost thoughts to everyone, and it's, like, no one gives a kind of, like, I'm, so I'm just flashing the ocean as a three-year-old for fun and games
0: that persists,
2: so I love the image as it represents what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Well, that is great, because that answers my next, like, why did you pick it? But that was my theory, too, is it's, it's exposing, you know, to Mm -hmm. put out. like that but it also just cracked me up when I saw it and I was I just loved it I mean that's part of the reason too when you know we're looking for music to play on the station I saw it and I was like well I gotta click on this and see what it's about and then yeah it was awesome and then it's like happy you know happy coming togethers of oh this is also really good and we gotta (laughs) play this you know. So. You recorded most of this album in the midst of the pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's still going on technically, but right at the beginnings. How did that go? Recording everything.
2: Ooh, it was so beautiful. It was amazing. Um, really, I knew that I wanted to work with my friend Jeff um, as a sound engineer, mm-hmm. um, and another friend of mine, Ian. Alan um, Bakov plays guitar and uh, has a lot of great production ideas. So the three of us um, made most of the record in, in a basement in Ypsilanti, mm-hmm. really gross basement, like mice, we would have to like redo takes because you could hear the mice <laughs> in the background, like really just very, um, a bunch of 20 year old dudes living in a house. Um, and, and some of the other musicians also, or most of them, um, like the trumpet player and the drummer lived in the house, so we would just call them down at random to kind of do takes. Um, and it was like, in addition to being the first, just I'm I'm new at really collaborating and getting to know people musically.
0: Mm-hmm. In addition
2: to that being just like a grand gift, mm-hmm. um, it was also really an outpouring from all of us of like, how much had been stolen from us during the pandemic. Like the, it was for many of us, like, or for all of us it was just a gift to like be together and be making something and feeling like there was forward motion mm-hmm. um so so behind the record i feel is like so much um yeah it, it feels very nostalgic and beautiful for me um the whole, right. whole process and now all those people are my my very dear friends and, right yeah
0: I did do a deep dive on your Instagram before this, you know, just, I know, I I don't know if I should admit that, but I, I'm not ashamed of it. Like, I
2: mean, I posted, I, I posted it online. It's exactly. in the public
0: <laughs> So I saw that you did have a post where you mentioned that this album had a lot of collaboration as far as like artists coming in. So you kind of just touched on it, but can you explain further what that looked like and what the importance of that collaboration was for this album?
2: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think before I made this record, I was extremely wary of production as a whole. I was, I just thought like, it's silly. The songs are just the songs. It should just be like my, the first record I released, um, the first EP that I released was like just me. I had a one, a friend play lead guitar on a few tracks, but similar timbre acoustic, like Mm -hmm. Some vocal harmonies, very minimal. It's just, and all live takes, like it was just exactly how I sound live. Mm-hmm. Um, and the notion of kind of constricting the songs, playing to a click, recording um, guitar and vocals separately were all very uh, concepts that I did not like. Mm-hmm. Um, working with Jeff and Ian, um, I think at, in the beginning it was kind of a, it's always a push and pull. Um, and a lot of it was like subtly convincing me into a recorded format as like an art form in itself, like being able to do things in the recorded version that you can't do live is like a special thing and f- and an art form and fun to pay attention to. Um mm-hmm. so through the course of the record, I think I really started to be able to listen to music for its production and for arrangement. Um and admit that the songs, songs can be written like with percussion and with bass and with like even ambient different things in mind. Um, so yeah, it really, it really made me respect like writing for other musicians, writing and, and, and allowing songs to have a produced form, but I will say that it did not convince me into um, the, the one fight that I did win, like Jeff and Ian won the the production battle and I was convinced, but mm-hmm. I won the uh, like recording live battle in that I've convinced everyone that that is the best way to record my music and the whole new, the whole next record is all recorded live as opposed to Remember Me as Holly, which is like two thirds live, one third to a click.
0: Completely, Yeah. Do you find more value in using like an acoustic guitar for your type of music? Um, We talked about earlier folk. For me, that's always been a genre where the words are meaningful and the acoustic guitar kind of helps to highlight the words and bring that forward. So do you see the value in like for your music using an acoustic guitar or do you tend to like and whatever what works works?
2: Mm -hmm. this has been another journey because I was initially very in the same sort of fashion, very like stalwart about the acoustic guitar. And we also realized through the recording process um, that I have this like significant relationship with the resonance of the acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of responsible for my intonation. So like I would go to sing over If we were using a lot of like distorted electronic sounds or uh, just electric guitar on anything, I'd go to do the vocal take and I suddenly could not, I I would have like moments of pitchiness that I would never have. Mm -hmm. if It was just me and the guitar. So I've learned to love electric guitar and um, changing up the timbre of what I play with and performing with an electric guitar and singing in tune with it. but there's something like really holy about the way that a uh, an acoustic guitar is like an extension of your body and and like you feel its resonance. Yeah, I don't know if I answered the question.
0: No, you did. That's that's great. I really it was kind of an out there like whatever, but as we were just talking about, you know, your music and all that, it made me think about that and um just what it meant for you cuz that tends to be, you know, a common thing when i listen to your music is the guitar definitely along mm-hmm. with your vocals. So i just didn't know if you know while you had, were talking about the production and all that if that had changed or if you know it stayed the same for you whether you preferred to use acoustic or electric or just whatever. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah. I am I am particular about what types of electric.
0: Okay. Guitar yeah. music
2: i like. I'm not um I'm still i'm just like an old old kind of musical mind. I like classic. Yeah. I like clean. I don't know. I so I'm I'm particular, but I'm I'm like less of a know about it than I once was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not hey even if you were you just stick with it stick with it. You hold on to those like strong opinions loosely held. How was the pandemic for you? How did you survive it?
2: Yeah. Uh there have been stages as I'm sure is the case for everyone, beginning with an initial stage of shock, like I'm a pretty constant writer um, and a a sort of high volume writer in my normal life. Um, And like the first six months of the pandemic, I didn't write anything. I was just kind of in shock and um, I think learning how to cope. But um, the last like year and a half has been, really a practice in, or it's, it's just been the process of discerning whether or not this is what I want to do as my primary vocation in this life. Um, and I was not convinced of that at all. It was kind of like, I went into the record thinking, um, I think I I was public about this. I was like, I'm going to make this record so that I can stop playing music. Like I'll just get it out of my system and then, and then cheers. Like I'll go get a job and be normal, whatever. But it really, the pandemic has ended up teaching me that even in the absence of like most performance opportunities, even in the absence of just limited social interaction, um, all I really care to think about is music and how to to make it and and write it and and sort of detail my own experience with it. Um, and I think worth learning how to work with musicians in a really gratifying way has been the biggest sort of indicator for me that this is what I want to do. Um, so yeah, it's it sucked. It's impossible not to think about um, how it would have gone if I had been able to like go on tour or even have like a, a release show. Like none of that happened, mm-hmm. but um, it's made me really certain that this is the only thing that I want to do. Just, yeah, what I, what I couldn't not do.
1: Everything so fragile, curse my careless grip. All that I could hold would only slip. Shaky hands life just makes me nervous searching for the good things things that won't just crumble in the sand I guess I'll slip away till I'm gone. I met with the big man under last night's moon I told him that I'd like to come home sooner He took me by the waters, kissed my shaky hand Till I'm gone for no woman is free unless she carries on.
0: You know, you've mentioned it a few times, but do you have something coming up then this year that you're hoping to release?
2: Yes, we um, we really, once we finished the record and released it, we almost immediately started recording the second record. Yeah. Um, And I we thought it was done in April or like close to done. And then I just did so much more writing and it's become an enormous project. And I think I'll be releasing the first single like beginning of January or sorry, beginning of February. Okay. Um, yeah. And most of it is is finished and in the process of being mixed and mastered. We have like one, one extra, we're doing a little string quartet related item that is taking some extra time that will be hopefully finished mid-February. But yeah, it felt like my whole team of people, we were we have moved on from "Remember Me" is holy just because we weren't able to like perform it or enjoy it in other ways, and we were able to just apply like a lot of mistakes and things we wish we had done, and just musical synergy to the next project. And yeah, I'm really proud of it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any plans for like touring, or are you going to come back to Michigan maybe perform?
2: <laughs> Ooh, um, I would love. I'm in the process of looking into doing like a a release show for both records because I never got to release remember me as holy and all the musicians are uh, based in Michigan so maybe like March or April um yeah I'll, I'll set up like a big show um but I'm hoping yeah I have a show in a few days in New York and I'm hoping um uh, I'd like to stay out east mm-hmm. you know, we'll see um but yeah no tours on the docket at the moment but small shows here and there. Mm-hmm. And a big record, yeah, so yeah. We'll see what happens.
0: Sounds like a lot, though. I mean, it sound, and it sounds like a lot of exciting things too, which is always what you want, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, the you know the pan It's just like the world. It feels like the beginning of the pandemic again in some ways. So I'm just grateful for playing with other musicians and and writing things occasionally that I think are interesting. Mm-hmm. Clinging to the small
0: things, right. But and so where can people find your music if they want to listen to it
2: hmm. you can find it on any streaming service i have prostituted my music to every every pretty much internet source you can think of you can get it for free on youtube you can Perfect. get it on spotify title um you can purchase it on bandcamp you can send me an email and i'll I'll mail you a
0: CD, you know, you, there are many,
2: many ways. To, to I find might it.
0: take you up on that one because I feel weird saying I, I don't collect CDs cause they're not old, but they're also old. Does that yeah. make sense? But I'm like, I love getting CDs. So let me know. I would love to thank you again for doing this. I'm really glad that we finally got to talk and I apologize if I was a little bit of a fangirl. because I just was so excited. I was so pumped. And like I said, I think you were the first artist that I heard when I was going through, what am I going to put on that? I just immediately was like, this resonates and it sounds so good. And I can't wait for other people to hear it. Do you have any last words, anything you want to say?
2: Thanks for listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in.
2: (laughs) Be good. Be good. Don't do anything I wouldn't do.